Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Financial Coaches Podcast. My name is Cody Sizemore. I'm one of your hosts, and the other host is the lovely Maria Casillas. Maria, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Of course. So <laughs> we have uh, kind of a juicy topic, juicy, you know, juicy. Uh, to uh, to talk about today. Um, something that I've uh, uh, dealt with actually more than I would like uh, as of recently, but one in particular <laughs> really stood out to me and I was like, we should talk about this um, on the podcast. Uh, so I'm excited to jump into that. But before we do, I wanted to give you guys a friendly reminder that this show is free, right? And there's no ads on it, okay? So the only ask that we ask from you guys uh, to keep the show, you know, ad free and you don't have to listen to all those boring stuff and press skip, 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 15 seconds fast, all that kind of stuff, um, is just to do a few things. One would be to like, follow, review the show, right? Any of those things would be great. Uh, all of those things really help, you know, boost the algorithm and push it out to more people. And it also gives us feedback too on how we're doing and what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, all that kind of stuff. Um, of course, if you know a financial coach that um, is in this space as well, and you think that they would get value from this show, man, just share that show. Share the show. You know, like if you're listening to this week in and week out and you get value from this and you're like, just kind of keeping it to yourself, you know, like why? Why are you doing that? You know, do you like, share shows? Huh? Do you share shows? I share shows all the time. Yeah, I do too. And I'm all the wondering. time. Mm -hmm. All the time. So if you know another coach that you're like, hey, like this might be a good thing for them to listen to. It doesn't even have to be a financial coach. It might be like a fitness coach or something, right? Like if it applies to them, send it out to them because they might get some value from this. And that also helps the show grow as well. So keep that in mind. That is our fee. And we also provide, you know, a, a little like uh, gift to you by providing a free Facebook group. With all of us in it, myself, Maria, you know, the rest of the New Money Habits team, uh, we're all in there. We're plugged in, and that group is growing, you know. And we have certain events throughout the week, throughout the month that you can get plugged into as well. Um, you know, you can ask questions in there. A lot of the content that we get for the show is actually from that group, uh, and so you know, it's a good place to be plugged into. And that Facebook group is called New Money Habits Financial Coaches. So get plugged in if you haven't. Share the show if you haven't. Follow the show if you haven't. Leave a review if you haven't. You know, do all the good stuff. All right. That's all we're asking. So now that we're done asking for things, now we're going to be giving and giving some uh, some quality um, lessons and some quality discussion uh, centered around the consultation process. Awesome. Um, I want to yeah, know how yeah. many people hit fast forward. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, when are they going to stop talking about this thing? Right. So we don't run ads. We just run our own ads for not running ads, I think. Right. Yeah. Something like that. So anyways. Um, yeah. So let's talk about this consultation. Let's just jump right in and start talking about this. Uh, it's the consultation process. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and we've talked about the consultation process 
several times on this show because it's honestly a really big part of what financial coaches do. You know, that, that's how we get clients in the first place to then do the thing that we say we're going to do, right? Got it. Uh, so it's a pretty critical part of running our practices and, you know, getting new clients. Um, and something that's been happening to me as of recently, more than I would like, I'm going through a little bit of a phase right now, uh, which, you know, we kind of talked about that in our last episode, mm -hmm. um, is I've been getting the response of, no, I don't want to move forward with coaching. Mm, that's um, hard to hear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and you know, there's a lot of different reasons as to why someone may not want to move forward with coaching. Um, but as I have gone through my own growth and talked to so many people and I've, you know, been on literally hundreds of consultation calls, the, the, the common denominator that I have found that the reason that is people don't want to actually move forward with coaching, it comes down to one thing. It comes down to a little word called fear. Hmm. The real four-letter F word. The real four-letter F, F word. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, man, I never thought of it that way. But yeah, you are totally right. You are totally right. And, um, you know, it's frustrating because, you know, it's happened so frequently that I've kind of coined the phrase, fear is the number one killer of potential, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because that's what it is. Like, I, I can't tell you, Maria, how many times I talk to people and I'm like, I'm looking at your situation. I'm looking at your numbers. I'm looking at how you feel right now. And how your money is affecting you. And I'm looking at the kind of life that you want to have. And I'm looking at all of this. And you have so much potential. So much potential. It just needs to be untapped. It just needs to be brought out of you. Right? But at the end of the day, sometimes people are just afraid to unlock that potential. Because it's something new. It's something a little bit intimidating. There's a change you know, ego has a play in that as well. Um, there's a lot to it. And at the end of the day, fear is the number one killer of potential, right? I love the expression. I wrote it down myself. Uh, mm -hmm. But you also said that when it comes down to it, that's what you find is the, the, the number one reason. What is the reason that people tend to give you? Because I, I, I mean, I don't know what it is. I'm looking forward to your response. But I do bet that most people don't say, you know what, Cody? I'm not ready to move forward because I'm afraid. Most mm -hmm. people don't use that verbiage. So what do they tell you that is kind of verbiage for fear so our listeners can have yeah, it, the it, ear out for that verbiage? Yeah, it's it's different for everyone. And it, honestly, it can be a number of things. So um, shoot them out. What, do you, what are some of the things <clears> here that you know end up being fear, but this is what they tell you in the interim? Yeah, a classic a classic one is... I just need to think about it, mm -hmm. right? I need to think about it. Um, another one would be, you know, if I'm meeting with someone at the beginning of the call, you know, we talk about, you know, if they're married or something like that, um, and it's just them on the call. And I say, okay, so how do you guys handle your finances? Is it separate? Is it together? And then they confirm it's separate. And I'm like, okay, so you're the one who makes decisions for mm -hmm. your finances. And they say, yes. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the call, they say, oh, I got to talk to my husband or I got to talk to my wife about it. I'm like, 
Well, at the beginning, <laughs> at the beginning, <laughs> you, you tried, know, you tried. So, uh, they, they use, you know, their spouses like a scapegoat. Um, right. mm-hmm. uh, you know, they might say something like, you know, it's, it's just, you know, uh, the, the level of investment, that's a lot of money. Um, you know, but it's also like, okay, well, you're losing a lot of money by not doing this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's so many so many different things. I got this thing coming up mm-hmm. and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I got to prepare for that. And it's like, well, how else better to prepare for this than with someone in your corner supporting you? You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. so many things that they use as like an out or like a scapegoat um, that they can say that's not them directly saying, I'm afraid to do this. Yep. But it is them saying that. Mm-hmm. You know? So where do you think the fear creeps in for them? And what I'm the question behind this question is, you've got somebody who says, yes, I'm the person who makes all the decisions. I don't need to consult with my spouse. And then they change that. Um, you see that they have money in their budget in order to pay you, but they say, I don't have the money for that. Or another one that you said was... Um, you know, I'll think about it, but they came to you for a reason. So at some point between the time that they set the consultation up with you until the time that you went for the the close, if you will, that's where the fear set in. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that's happening in the process for a lot of the people that you're consulting with? Yeah, I, I think it happens as soon as they hear the number. Mm, like which number? The investment number? The investment number. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Now I would see, okay. So do you think that that's the, that's the main r- point where fear comes in, no matter what they're telling you is the reason for not doing it right now? Um, they're not directly saying that a lot of the time. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do say that, but most of the time they don't. Um, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you why I think it happens. Uh, I think it's just, you know, with, the type of people that I personally serve, which I feel is the type of people that a lot of financial coaches serve. They're people who are, you know, um, they're living quote unquote paycheck to paycheck, you know, because of their behaviors. Uh, they're not actually paycheck to paycheck if they had things in place, but because of their behaviors and choices and decisions, they are right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they don't have a lot in savings. They have a lot of debt. They're not really investing. They haven't really done anything like that. Right. So they're, their relationship with money up until this point, up until they have the conversation with you is expense, 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 expense. So then they hear that number and they, and they look at coaching and they almost look at it as just another expense to add to the month, Mm -hmm. right? Versus what it actually is, which is an investment, right? Um, and that's something that most people who are in this place either have no experience with or very little experience with is investing, investing into themselves, investing into anything financially. Um, you know, it's always just been money comes in, money goes out, money comes in, money goes out. So fra- reframing that relationship and understanding the difference between an investment versus an ex- versus an expense Mm-hmm. is sometimes very difficult for people to understand, especially if they've never had any sort of experience with that. Yeah. I, I'm wondering, um, I'm sure you probably do something similar to this. And this is something that I like to try every once in a while, especially with people who it's almost like, I don't want to say they're hard headed, but they're, they're very at the best. They're contemplative. If we're talking about stages of change, right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when people talk about investments, especially if, if they're the type who, like you said, they're not used to talking about investments versus expenses or another word that's oftentimes used is cost, right? Like how much is this going to cost me? Um, mm-hmm. I like to flip their expenses around and ask what they're investing in. So it could be uh, just as a quick example, if somebody goes to um, eat out a lot, maybe let's just say that their favorite place is McDonald's. You might ask, what are you investing in? And they'll be like, what do you mean? You know, oh, I'm, I'm buying a hamburger and I'm buying fries. Well, what are you investing in? And actually just kind of pulling it out a little bit. And what ultimately what they're investing in, it's going to be like the college fund of the person who owns McDonald's, maybe like that might, that could be something that they're investing in. And like, well, how did, how did I do that? Well, this is how money works, right? You know, somebody goes to work, they get this and they, they, it goes on. People own businesses, et cetera, et cetera. And you can kind of walk them through that so they can see they are making an investment, but it's not in something that's for them. The other route to take them in is what are you investing in? Well, I'm investing in a future of hospitalizations. Mm. What do you what do you mean by that? Well, what is your what what are you, what are you doing when you're going to go and you're going to eat this hamburger and you're going to eat these fries and where is that going to bring you in ten years, twenty years? Like right now, it's not going to put you in the hospital, but you know, being sick is a lot more expensive than being healthy, and so you are technically investing in you know the future doctors that you're going to be talking to. Uh, it it just starts to. Um, it starts to help them identify different ways to look at how they're spending money. So it's not just about a hamburger and fries anymore, right? It's mm-hmm. actually about like, what is the future as that unfolds? What's the next thing and the next thing and the next thing? And it starts to get them thinking futuristically. Now I know that can be a lot to do in a consultation and I don't want to throw it all out there right now, but I just wanted people to start thinking about that because sometimes it's just a really quick question. What are you investing in when you go to this place? Cause I don't know how much detail you get into with your consultation. Uh, like I don't know how much in terms of numbers that you go into, but I know you do some of that. I just don't know how micro focus do you get on that yeah um, we get we get pretty detailed okay so it would you'd be able to see if they were frequencing you know mcdonald's or another fast food restaurant or or anywhere for that matter um mm-hmm. and it's not all about the restaurants i'm just using it as an example for anyone who's wondering you can go to restaurants it's okay <laughs> Uh, but you would be able to see that and you can see patterns. And so I would, if it were me, I would probably just focus on one of those things. I wouldn't jump into all of them. But if I want to throw the question out there and get their mind thinking, I always like to think that even if somebody doesn't work with me after the consultation, that they received such an important nugget that they can take moving forward, that they're never going to forget that consultation. Even if they don't invest, that they got something from that, that they could absolutely apply later on. And this little trick is one of those things that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> big time. And, you know, I, I think that uh, one of the, one of the things that I wanted to really talk about with this topic at hand um, is not to take the no personally. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was something that I personally struggled with mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like a lot um, mm-hmm. for a while as well. Um, and even, you know, to this day, I, you know, there's certain times where I'm like, I can feel myself taking that a little bit personally. I shouldn't. And I'm going to, you know, reassess his situation for a second here. Mm-hmm. Gotten a lot better at it over the years. Um, but I know for a fact that that's how I was for a long time. And I know that that's also something that, um, 
a lot of other coaches struggle with too. And that very thing of taking it personally to where it's like, Hey, like there's, they're not saying no to, you know, their future. They're not saying no to, um, you know, the, the system or whatever it might be. They're saying no to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very easy to take that. And, um, because of that, like that can actually cause someone to not want to put themselves out there and not want to hop on these consultations because they're afraid of feeling like there's something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. You know, does that make sense? It does. I am smiling because the converse of that, I don't ever see you when somebody says yes, I don't, I could not picture you going, they totally said yes to me. Right. 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 Like, so right. I think that's why that it's never, working because that, that never crosses happens. your mind. Yeah. yeah that never happens. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, yep. you know, it does happen. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to share an example. Cause I had a, I had a call with someone just a few days ago. Um, and honestly, like the consultation went in my mind pretty good. Uh, you know, she, she was, you know, this woman who has a fiance, their finances are separate. Um, and you know, right now, given the circumstance, she has pretty minimal expenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, her fiance kind of takes care of most things kind of thing. Um, and you know, she went through bankruptcy a few years ago and, um, she has some credit card debt now and, you know, an $800 car payment and all this other kind of stuff. So the cycle is starting to repeat. Starting. Right. 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 Like she's, she's in it already. And I, and I brought this up in our consultation as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I digress, but regard, regardless, she's got this situation going on at hand. Um, but she makes a pretty decent income, you know? Uh, so with a pretty decent income and relatively lower expenses, we did the math to which then she also confirmed was correct. Um, and, you know, she basically said, hey, like, I have around $2,000 at the end of every month that I could do something with. But right now, I have a massive problem with impulse buying and spending and overspending and using their credit cards and stuff like that, right? I have a bad feeling I know where this is going. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh So, so we talked about everything and, you know, we talked about how like, you know, she has a lot of panic in regards to money and how she's stressed out and how she's anxious and how it's affecting her and all this other kind of stuff. And we also talked about what she wanted. Like she wants to be able to, you know, buy a house for her family and her three kids. And she wants to be able to, you know, give back and, you know, help people in need and all this other kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was all painted really, really well. And I could see everything come together for her uh, to where I'm like, listen, in five months, you could have $10,000 in the bank and you don't have anything right now. Right. Like, but that's the potential that you have is like in five months, Mm -hmm. you could totally turn your entire financial life around. Right. Um, and when it came down to it and we got to the, the whole idea of like investing into coaching, uh, she used the very thing that she said that she needed help with (laughs) as an out Hmm. two things she did. Okay. One, she said, I feel like if I make this decision to move forward with coaching, that it would be an impulse decision. And I'm trying to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but those other things 
<laughs> those are like consumer things that aren't serving you. Like that's mm-hmm. the clothes and the food and you know, the, this and the, that, right. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this is actually something that's going to be helping you. It's an investment, you know, it's going to be like building you up and it's going to be putting you into positions where you can live the life that you actually want. This is not the same thing. You know, one is a depreciating liability and the other one is a appreciating asset, asset. right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, she also said, well, I need to talk to my fiance and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she said, well, you know, I could be saving this money instead of investing it into coaching. And I said, yes, you could. But the problem is, is that you've been trying to do that for years and you went through a bankruptcy because you've been trying to do that. But there's certain underlying issues that are unaddressed that need to be addressed in order for you to actually do the say the thing that you say you want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So like mm-hmm. nothing made sense. Right. And because of it, it was all centered around fear. It was centered around, Hey, like I have no problem spending $800 a month on a car because it's a physical thing and I have it versus I do have a problem investing X amount of dollars for coaching when it's something that I can't see or I don't physically have and I, and it's not familiar to me because I've never done anything like this before. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, I hopped off that call and I, to be honest with you, I was pissed off, Maria. I was pissed off. And I wasn't pissed off at her. You know, like, I, I don't have any sort of, like, ill feelings toward her, towards her. Like, she's mm-hmm. a great girl. You know, she's nice. She's, you know, good mother. Like, all that kind of stuff. Like, she's great. Um, and I wasn't pissed off because I felt like I did something wrong or I took it personally or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just heartbreaking to me. It's That's what it comes down to, is that it's just... It's just heartbreaking to me that I see this potential in this girl. And for some reason, she's having a hard time seeing it in herself. Mm-hmm. And she's allowing the fear to have more control over her than the desired outcome that she wants. Essentially, what she's doing is she's committing to her fear versus committing to that ideal life. Mm-hmm. That's what she's committing to. And that's what's so frustrating and it pisses me off is because I'm just like, I want to like take her and shake her and just be like, why can't you see what you're doing? You know what I mean? Like, like, please. But at the end of the day, I can't want to, uh, want to help her more than she wants to help herself. And that's Mm -hmm. just where it ends. You know, like it's the old adage of like, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Right. Um, and we as coaches, we get into this because we have big hearts and because we want to help people and because we want to see people actually, you know, become their full potential. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, sometimes we want it more than them. Mm-hmm. And that's not on us. Yep. So um, I'm over here, like, I'm not grinning like a Cheshire cat, but nodding and smiling uh, because I, I, I don't want to go all, you know, pastor on you right now. But I can tell you that a lot of times when I have stuff like that, I absolutely picture my maker 
thinking the same way about me the mm. way I often tend yeah. to think about yeah. <laughs> about our clients. And and I was smiling when you're like, sometimes I just want to shake them and go, why do you not see the potential that I see in you? And, and I'm like, you know what? When I when I'm struggling, that I know that God's doing the same thing. I mean, not really physically, but it's like I'm not living up to the potential that I know I was made for. And how how fitting is it that we are put in this position of helping others, but not just helping others, but being able to see through the lens that you just described. Mm -hmm. And just remember that, um, you know, like you said, she's a really good person. She's a really good mother. And the thing that frustrates you is that you know that things could be better for her, but you can't want it for her more than she does. Yeah. That's where the whole free will thing comes in, right? Like we can't be forced to do something because otherwise it would be fruitless at that point. And so I, I don't know why my mind went there, but it did. And I just felt like I wanted to share that with you because I think sometimes it's just, it's just that constant reminder. I feel that way with my children sometimes too. <laughs> like I've already told you no this many times and you continue to do, when will you learn your lesson? And I'm like, oh, okay. I got it. Got it. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like I'm also that child. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just want to let you know why I'm smiling and, and where my mind was when you were talking about that. Um, but I did hear one thing in there and that was that your being frustrated or pissed off about it was not the same thing as you taking it personally. So I just wanted to pull that right. out because sometimes, especially if we're new at this, it might feel like our frustration around that is because we are taking it personally. And so I just really, really appreciate that you noticed that that was different and that you were able to call that out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I knew, I'm like, listen, I I did everything to a T that I know I should have done. That has worked so many times to, you know, have people enroll and then help them change their lives. I know that for a fact. Um, so it wasn't on me. and it, at the end of the day, like, you know, it was just a matter of like, I just wanted it for her more than she did. And, um, you know, there, there's, there's just that level of fear. And, and that's, that's what makes me, that's what I was telling, I was talking to my wife the other day about it too. You know, I was like, it's almost every time that someone says no, it's because of fear. And, and I, and I, and I, I, I hate, <laughs> I, I hate the word fear. I literally hate it because it is just the one thing that above anything else keeps people stuck. Mm -hmm. And it, and it, it takes their power away. You know, um, we have more power than we realize as humans, you know, like we, like internally, you know, more, more power like over ourselves than, than what we realize. And, you know, like, that fear, it just takes it away. And it's so destructive and it, it's so toxic, you know, and it, and it just bugs me, you know, it just, it just really bugs me and it's heartbreaking uh, because, you know, we as coaches, that's why we do this. You know, we, we do this to help people. And when we feel like we can't help people, it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. you know? So, yes, yeah, so I think um, with that, with it being toxic and, and with just knowing how frustrating it is for people or for, for us. Um, it sounds like you kind of dodged a bullet there. 
Like, it sounds like maybe it's a good thing that she ended up not joining you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that's another thing I was kind of doing when I was reflecting. Um, you know, after I had the call, I, I, uh, <laughs> I went and, um, uh, went to the gym, you know, and just like worked it out, literally worked it out. Right. Yeah. And, and that was one of the things I was like, I, I think I dodged a bullet because I feel like that would just be me pulling teeth, you know, like the entire time. And it, when, if, and when she's ready, she'll come back, you know, right. Maybe, you know, she probably won't be in the, as it should probably be in a worse place. Um, but that's okay. You know, yeah. like we can, we can start when you're ready. Kind of thing. How often do you, um, because I know you do a lot with stages of change and we can talk about that at another time. That's totally fine. But I am curious for somebody like that, who is clearly contemplative, mm -hmm. how much follow-up do you do with them when they haven't said yes? Do you do anything as a coach? And maybe this is just a yes, no answer for right now. Uh, and then we can discuss it at another time. But do you do anything as a coach to try to follow up in a way that helps to move them to help transition them from contemplation into like that preparatory stage. Yeah. Um, it's case by case, you know, like sometimes I'm, I, I feel like I get, I do a lot of, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for. I, I base who I choose to follow up with mm -hmm. based off of the vibe Mm -hmm. that I mm -hmm. had from them, right? Like okay. Just the feeling, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's someone that like I'm frustrated with, but I got a good feeling with, then yeah, I'll follow up with them, you know, okay. every couple months or whatever it might be. And just, just check in and just say, Hey, like, how you doing? You know, how are things going? I'm still here. If you want to talk like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but if it's someone that like, you know, I was frustrated with and um, it kind of left like a bad taste in my mouth for whatever sort of reason, which has happened before, mm -hmm. um, to where maybe after the fact, I'm like, I think I did dodge a bullet kind of thing Then I probably won't, you know, mm -hmm. and, and if they come back, we can, we can talk about it, you know, uh, but I'm not going to go out of my way, you know? Yeah. Okay. I was just curious because that's always something that I don't, I don't think that a lot of financial coaches really understand the stages or really do anything to try to, you know, transform people from one to another transition, not transform uh, them from one stage to the other. And I was just curious how, since you do know a little bit about it and you, and I know that you utilize it with people, how you um, do that. So I was just curious. Thank you for answering. I appreciate mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So all in all guys, the big takeaway from today is don't be afraid to have consultations. Um, have them, have them frequently, have them as much as you can. And if, and when, which by the way, I'm letting you in on a secret, uh, you will get told no. Mm -hmm. So if, and when you get told mm -hmm. no, don't take it, don't take it personally. You know, uh, it has nothing to do with you. It's, it's, it has everything to do with where they're at on their own journey. And sometimes people have to go through the ringer to like really feel it, you know? Um, and sometimes it's just one of those things where it's like, they're not ready until they're really ready. And if that's the case, then it just takes a little bit of patience. I had one person in particular, uh, had a consultation with, with them when I first started coaching, probably like 
two or three months in to my coaching experience. Similar situation as to what I just explained with this last girl. Um, she felt like she could, you know, use the money and put it into savings or pay the debt off instead. Mm -hmm. Um, and said, I'm going to do this on my own. And it really just pushed it off. And then she reached back out to me two years later and she said, I wish that I could sit here and tell you that things have gotten better, but it's actually quite the opposite. They've gotten far worse. Mm -hmm. And now I actually know that I need help. And then she became a client, you know, so sometimes it takes a couple years, right? Um, but what's important is that you just remind them like, Hey, when the time is right, I am here. That's right. Yeah. It can take a really long time to go through those stages. And that's just what had to happen. And, uh, you know, with this girl that you just dodged this last time, uh, you know, she either had a miraculous recovery you know, because all of a sudden she knows how to not impulse spend anymore because she's not going to impulsively spend on you, tongue in cheek. Uh, but or right. she or <laughs> she actually has not had said recovery and she is absolutely going to spend that money on something. She just is choosing to spend it on something that will not serve her later. And mm -hmm. sometimes we need to just say that out loud to them. It doesn't mean that they're going to change their mind and tell us, yes, now I'm going to be happy to work with you. But it sometimes is that thing that we need to do in order to serve them well and just let them know either you just had a really fantastic recovery miraculously or you haven't and you are still going to impulsively spend every dollar that you have coming in and you're just choosing to spend it on something that's not going to serve you versus something that will. And it, again, it's not to convince her. It's just to let her know. And when she hears some of that, when she goes out and spends that, it's kind of like when Jesus told Peter he was going to deny him three times, and he did, but he didn't realize it until after the cock crowed. It's the same thing. She's going to go out and she's going to spend that money. And if that was said to her, I don't know if it was by you or not, but if it was, she's going to then rehear your voice and go, oh, yeah, I totally just spent this money impulsively, just like mm -hmm. he told me I would. So anyway throwing that out there we i know we're like i'm looking at the clock i'm like whoa we are we got to wrap this up <laughs> this was a really good conversation mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah time flew with this one so. yeah very good well thank you for bringing it to the table yeah yeah of course so hopefully that was helpful guys um and again thank you as always for tuning in uh you know we hope to uh to see you in the facebook group we hope to see you you know, leaving those reviews and following the show and all that kind of stuff. And of course, we also hope that you tune in next week for another brand new episode. So thank you guys. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. See you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.